Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Fantasy Zone podcast. Today is September 11th, 2021, the Saturday right before the first Sunday of the football season. It is so exciting. I won't be able to watch the vast majority of it because I'm going to be busy, but I will definitely be, you know, scrolling through my phone more often than most. But enough of that. With me today is, of course, my co-host, Evan DePauli. Hi, everyone. So, today is going to be like a very short, to-the-point podcast. You know, it's, it is late. It's going to be tomorrow, the, the whole, all the games. So, just going to blitz through it. You ready for this, Evan? Let's do it. All right, so straight into the matchups. We're going to start here with Seattle and Indianapolis. I'm going to talk about a Seattle player right here, Tyler Lockett. I think he's going to be a smash play. Um, you know, Indianapolis does have a solid defense, but I think that's more of up front. Uh, I think they won't be able to stop Russ from cooking, and Lockett will benefit from that. Well, my name is going to Jonathan Taylor on Patriots and Colts, so that's a pretty rough matchup. I do think that uh, Taylor will be given every opportunity in the passing game. And they signed Harris to the contract, and we'll see how they move him. But for now, it's Terry Factor. Uh, Seattle have been a little bit susceptible in recent years to running backs. They on paper again, they didn't look like a good matchup, but really, um, you can start Taylor with confidence this week. Excellent. Next, we're going to go into Jacksonville and Houston. Now, on the Jacksonville side, I'm going to pick Trevor Lawrence. I think for his first matchup, the first overall pick, it's got to be fitting that he's QB1, right, Evan? I think he's going to be very good. His wide receivers have also improved depth-wise, you know, adding Marvin Jones. And I just think that he is set up against a very poor Houston defense to absolutely go nuts. On my end, I have Philip Lindsay. Um, it's kind of a mess, that whole Houston offense. I don't really know what to expect of it. I don't even know if Lindsay's going to be the guy. There is talk that he is supposed to see the majority of the touches over David Johnson and Mark Ingram. I will say that Mark Ingram is very liked by the offensive coordinator. They've worked together for many years in New Orleans. Um, so I guess if you're really stuck and you need a Houston player... Lindsay's the guy, or maybe Cooks, but once again, uh, try to stay away from that that uh, offense, at least until we know what's happening. Yeah, especially ADP-wise, none of these Houston guys went early enough to actually be real applied upon. So, you know, chances are you have better options than any of the Houston players. Anyways, moving Agreed. on to the Philly-Atlanta matchup. This is, uh, I'm going to say, is going to be a fancy point bonanza and on the Philly side, I'm going to talk about Jalen Hurts. Not only does he have that rushing upside, but against this Atlanta defense, there's going to be a lot of passing to be had. I think this is going to be high scoring. Hurts is set up to have a big game. Devontae Smith, J- uh, Dallas Goddard, uh, Zach Ertz, maybe even Jalen Rager. But Hurts is going to be the focal point of that offense. Just to give an idea... Last year, in the games he started and finished, Hurts averaged 68 rushing yards per game. Uh, multiply that over 16 games, I know he's 17 this year, but he would have averaged over, uh, he would have finished with over 1,000 rushing yards, Hurts. Um, so I think he's well set up for, for a big season. 
On mine, who have Matt Ryan, he almost always throws the ball 600 times a year. In fact, the last three or four years, he has uh, thrown it more than 600 times. He doesn't have Julio, but he does have Calvin Ridley, who I think is going to have his coming out party this year. Um, should be, again, a fantasy bonanza, like Ralph said. I'm expecting uh, roughly 40 points on each side or pretty close to that. So you can start all the skill players on these two teams. Uh, if you're desperate, Rieger isn't a bad pick either, Ralph. I don't know if you agree with that. For who? Rieger, Jalen Rieger. Yeah, yeah, he definitely could be, uh, like I said, it's going to be back and forth. There's going to be a lot of open players. It's going to be a lot of fun. And not to mention, it is in a dome. So, weather, a non-factor. Next, we're going to hop into the Los Angeles Chargers versus my Washington football team. Here from the Chargers side, I have Eckler as a player that I really, really like. Unfortunately, he does have a questionable status, but I do believe he is good to go. So, if that's the case, that just elevates everyone on his team. He is a fantastic PPR machine, and I think that he will find ways to score points against a very tough Washington defense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eckler will have his role. Washington's pretty tough to run against. On my end here, I have Antonio Gibson. As you know, I drafted him, and I'm expecting a huge year from him. I really liked what I saw from him last year. Uh, McKissick's still in the picture, but I do think eventually it's going to be the Gibson show here. Um, the Chargers aren't particularly good on defense. Uh, Bose's, you know... If he does get after the quarterback, well, Gibson should still be be able to see his touches in the ball. Um, so, yeah, that's about it on my end for, for Washington football team. Good luck with your team, Ralph. Thank you. I'm hoping they go 1-0 and and have still a better record than the Dallas Cowboys. That'd be great. And <laughs> uh, another note on the Gibson side, I remember there was a lot of talk during the preseason about how potentially he could end up with a CMC-type role. And we know how wonderfully that worked out for most fantasy managers when CMC is healthy. And I could also see him as being a chip block kind of guy and then run a little bit to the outside as like an outlet. And then if ever Fitzpatrick gets in trouble, they'll just dump it off to him and then he'll try to he'll probably make someone miss and then he'll go for a good gain. That's how I see his role playing out tomorrow. Yes, Next sir. up, we're going to go Pittsburgh and Buffalo on the Buffalo side. I have here is Josh Allen. And it's very similar to like Hertz, where it's another rushing quarterback and he is the nucleus of the team. There is no strong running backs behind them to sort of take away the carries that he normally would have. And his pass captures are Diggs and an improving Gabriel Davis and maybe Emmanuel Sanders. I think he has the situation and the setup to benefit for the whole season against any matchup, especially you drafted him early, so you're going to be starting him anyways, irregardless of the defense. All right, um, my Pittsburgh Steelers over here. Thanks for leaving them for me, by the way, Ralph. <laughs> uh, we have Najee Harris, first game as a pro. I'm expecting huge things from him. He was the best running back in college in the country last year. Matt Tan is the new offensive coordinator for Pittsburgh, and he wants to get more creative than his predecessors. I do think Ben is going to be under uh, fire uh, from the pass rush a lot this year. It's a new O-line, a lot of rookies, a lot of second-year guys. They haven't really played together much, so there could be a lot of opportunities for the dump off to Harris. Um, she looked really good in the preseason. I mean, uh, I know Buffalo's very difficult to run against. I don't 
know if he's going to have a 100-yard rushing game necessarily, but I do think it's going to be a high-scoring game, and he'll probably get his goal line carries. Um, the Steelers really don't have anything behind Harris, like Bellage and, and uh, Snell, McFarlane. You know, I'm not too worried. I think you should see 300 touches this year. It should be a huge year for Harris. I totally agree with that, and then especially here, even if you think that it's going to be a shootout, I don't think that'll phase him out completely. He still has good hands to uh, make those open plays. Yeah, the Steelers always liked their uh, pass-catching running backs, going back to Le'Veon Bell and even before that. Definitely. All right, next game here, we have San Francisco versus Detroit. Uh, I'm going to take the San Francisco side here, and I'm going to pick out Raheem Mostert. I think he is going to be he might have one of the biggest games with the fewest amount of touches, if especially trends continue from last season, because I haven't really seen anything that indicates that Detroit got any better during this off season. So Raheem Mostert, he's definitely a start while you still can, because I don't know if you could pull in a full season uh, healthy. It would be great, but he hasn't done it so far. So start him while you can. He's going to get probably like 150 yards on four carries and just sit back and relax and enjoy the W. Yeah, Detroit's run defense was 32nd last year. I don't think it got any better. So Mostert is probably pretty close to the start of the week at running back. On my end here, I have uh, Hawkinson for the Lions. Um, I guess this is a choice by default because they really have nothing else to throw to. Um, Goff does like his tight ends. We know that much from the days of Everett and uh, and Higby. Uh, yeah, Hawkinson, I mean, he should lead the team in targets, receptions, yards, touchdowns, everything this year. If you were lucky enough to get him, good for you. Uh, Detroit has Tyrell Williams tentatively slated as the number one receiver. I don't think he's going to have any impact whatsoever, frankly, but remains to be seen. And, uh, yeah, if you've got Hawkinson, roll with him. Yeah, definitely. He is 100% a volume play. Uh, you know, Jared Goff, we saw it last year. He likes to target Higby. He likes to target Everett. And those were his two tight ends. And now I'm sure he's going to like to target Hawkinson. You know, that there are Amon, Saab, uh, Amon Ra St. Brown. Jeez, that was really hard to say. Well, he probably <laughs> is going to fill into like a Robert Woods type role but he's not there yet because he's still a rookie and in the meantime it's going to be Hawkinson for sure all right moving on to the next game but you have your Minnesota versus Cincinnati uh here on the Minnesota side I'm going to pick Dalvin Cook mainly because uh, you just can't go against him if you had to put the game in someone's hand whether it's Cook or Cousins it's going to be Cook he is the reason why this team is still majority a run first team uh, and you know there's a lot of talk about how Cincinnati has a banged up secondary and that this is Cousins time to shine but I don't see that being a factor why Cook will be losing touches this game even if the game somewhat gets out of hand and Cincinnati gets to an early lead I don't see Cook's touches decline at all. I would agree with that. Um, Cincinnati's defense isn't anything to write home about either. Uh, here on our on my end, I have Joe Mixon. Um, Minnesota's a pretty good front uh, four, actually. I'm not sure about their front seven, but I know they have a pretty good uh, defensive line. Um, thing with Mixon is he had a disappointing year last year, but he's so talented. You know, when Belichick says, hey, this guy might be the best running back in the league, 
people listen. Uh, I was really high on him this year. I didn't really end up drafting him, but just that's because of circumstance. I do think he's going to see a ton of the ball. Um, I think the new receiver that they have, Jamar Chase, in addition to Higgins and Boyd, will open things up for him. They're not going to be able to stack the box against him. And uh, Mixon's a full go, I think, all year. He's pretty much automatic start, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, and he also has pass catching upside. He could be. He's definitely their three down back. I don't think, uh, what is it, Samaj P. Ryan's going to be taking <laughs> too much. Maybe, maybe if he needs a break because he's been working too much, you know. But uh, yeah. yeah, one play. Yeah, one play exactly. <laughs> All right, next up we have here the Jets versus the Carolina, and you know what? I'm actually surprisingly excited for this game because you know. You get to see CMC back, you get to see Zach Wilson start, and then you get the very rare double revenge game for Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson against the Jets. It's going to be great, but I'm going to focus more on the Jets side, on the new hot wide receiver they have in their team right now, which is Corey Davis. And we've been seeing over throughout the preseason that him and Zach Wilson have been developing a very nice rapport. And I think he's just going to be the target hog for this team, almost like what Stefan Diggs is to Josh Allen in Buffalo. I could maybe see that, especially if Zach Wilson, you know, can continue building on what he did in the preseason, that Davis will have that similar role Will he will be the ball hog and accumulate a lot of yardage, a lot of targets, and a lot of catches. Yeah, um, we all know that rookie quarterbacks like like their safety blanket. That seems to be Corey Davis for now. On my end here, I have CMC. I don't even need to say anything. I mean, you draft him first overall. Don't bench CMC, please. Um, I, I don't know. I hope he's healthy. I hope he plays a full season. I think the league is way more fun to watch when he's healthy. Uh, he's a beast. He's, he's incredible to watch. He's fast. He's strong. He has potential to get 2,000 yards and about 20 touchdowns. Uh, yeah, I don't think I need to elaborate too much more on CMC. No, he's unbelievable. I'm so excited to have him back in the league as well. He's just so electric and so exciting to watch. Next up, we have here is Arizona versus Tennessee, which I think could be the one of the highest scoring games of the week or the highest scoring game of the week. I don't know. I could see Tennessee putting up like 50 points in this game and Arizona being like right behind at 49. It's going to be very much back and forth. But I will be talking specifically about the Cardinals. And for me, it's going to be New Hopkins. If I expect it to be as high scoring, there's going to be a lot of opportunity. And of course... He is the guy. He is going to be getting a lot of the catches, a lot of the targets. I think last last year he finished pretty highly as a wide receiver. He accumulated, you know, near 100 yards, uh, like, you know, almost like 10 targets. Like, he's by far and large Kyler Murray's favorite target. And, I mean, who's to blame him? There's not much else around him, you know, rip. Fitzgerald and what AJ Green? Oh please, no 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 no. Have a rookie. No. Oh, yeah, Rondell rookie. Moore. Rondell yeah. Moore maybe, but I think this is a this is gonna be Hopkins show right here. It's funny because I actually have Hopkins and AJ Brown starting for me in one of my PPR leagues this week. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that league. Uh, even though I got off to a rotten uh, start with Elliott's uh, stinker and uh, and Amari Cooper facing me, but anyways. Yeah, A.J. Brown, people say, oh, there's the Julio effect. 
you know what, the way I see it, Julio Jones is just going to soak up with Corey Davis left. Uh, A.J. Brown's still going to be the top dog there. He's going to get his targets, going to get his touchdowns. It's, you know, we all know Julio Jones hasn't had the greatest track record in the red zone. Um, yeah, I mean, you can start A.J. Brown with confidence. I think Julio actually helps uh, A.J. Brown, believe it or not, because he's going to open so much more opportunities up for the both of them. Uh, Tannehill is going to have all that much more... Uh, all that many more weapons to, to throw to. So, yeah, pretty excited to start both of these guys this week. And let's not forget that also John o. Smith is gone. And so that's that's definitely a considerable amount of targets that's also missing. So yep. it's going to be one another one of those fantasy hollapaloozas, as they, as they would say. <laughs> all right, next up here is uh, Kansas City versus Cleveland, which I think is going to be also another very high-scoring game, and it's going to be so much fun. Here, I can't pick anyone else on the Kansas City side beside my boy, Travis Kelsey. Unfortunately, I didn't get to draft him in any of my leagues because I was picking too early in the draft, which is not really an excuse. I should have picked him anyways, right? But, you know, I went with the running back, and now... I'm just staring at my opponent who has Kelsey and <laughs> hurt if he actually beats me. But, you know, who's to say? I won't trade for him later on in the year. You know, the Kelsey factor is real, and I do believe in that. He is going to be, yet again, the number one tight end in the league. And last year, I think if he had finished, uh, if he was a wide receiver, I think he would have finished as wide receiver four, which is insane from the tight end position. Yeah, yeah, the Kelsey factor is, is definitely nothing to uh, to uh, to shy away from here. Uh, you were drafting too early to get him, and I was drafting too late to get him, but he does make a huge difference. And, uh, it's like starting a wide receiver in your flex spot, really. So, uh, Sorry, on your tight end spot. Um, so here you put Austin Hooper for me to talk about. I'm not going to talk about Austin Hooper because I don't think he's going to do anything whatsoever. All right, all right. Who else? Who else? Tight ends are kind of not relevant either unless they're named Kelsey. Okay. So I'm going to talk about Kareem Hunt because I think that the game script is going to set up well for Hunt to get a ton of, of cheap receptions and points and even in the red zone. I mean, I expect Cleveland to get behind uh, pretty early. And I think that at, at that point they're going to abandon the run game and uh, Mayfield's going to have to chuck it. And as we know, Hunt is really the pass-catching back there. Chubb doesn't have that much potential uh, when the game script doesn't favor him. Uh, so that's why I think if you have Hunt, it's a sneaky little start this week. If you are if you have options you're debating between, I would go Hunt. All right, excellent. Next up, we have yours, Miami versus New England. On the Miami side, I'm going to talk about Mike Gesicki. And I think for this week, specifically only this week, he could be a very good start, mainly because the fact that Will Fuller is still suspended for this first game. He will come back next week, but for this week, there's going to be that that vacuum. You know, people think that it might be Jalen Waddle that takes all that, you know, that potential targets away. But I think that Gesicki is is going to be Tua's most reliable target in this game. He's going to be pressured a lot by all these COVID. Um, Sorry, what is it? The, these exempt players from last year that came that are now back this year, they're going to be looking to prove something. And Tua, he might not have enough time to find to go through his reads to look downfield. So I can see Gesicki being a lot of dunk, dip and dunk throws for the cheap yardage. Like I could see something like 
you know, five or six catches for like 60 yards, which totally won't be that bad from a tight end position, especially someone you draft late. So that's why I think, hey, you could definitely roll with Gesicki this week. Cool. Here we have Damian Harris. I feel like you put him here to intentionally lead me into a debate over here. So I'm going to try to be very careful what I say. Look, he's he's the number one. I mean, it's Belichick. You never know anything with the running backs. You never know if he's going to fumble and Belichick's going to bench him. You don't know anything. But they traded Michelle away. He's probably going to get a lot of work in the passing game and the red zone. I know they have Stevenson. I know they have Taylor. I know they... Uh, they have James White's on the picture for the passing downs. Um, I do think that Belichick is very confident in Harris. I think that Mac Jones is going to need that security blanket to dump it off, and I think Harris can be that guy. Honestly, the reason why I put him here is because I just—he's just so set up to succeed this year. Like, I can't see it any other way. Where you get down to the goal line, and it's just not him all the time. And it's not Cam Newton. Cam Newton not being there is so huge because Mac Jones can't do Cam Newton-like things and just, you know, hop That's over true. the line of scrimmage. It's got to be Harris. And the fact that Michelle is not there and there's no Burkhead, like, he's going to be the guy at at the goal line 100%. I'm feeling so confident about it. I know you guys besmirch him because of the fact that he's in a Belichick offense but I feel like this year of all the years this is where I feel like it is the most clear cut that it's going to be Damian Harris it is uh, yeah I, I agree that this series is well set up for success and you make a good point about the goal line but I just it's not worth a headache for me that, that running back by committee that New England uses Ah, you'll see. You'll come around. You'll come around. <laughs> Next up here, we have Denver versus the Giants. This is going to be... I really have no idea how to feel about this game because, you know, new quarterback for Teddy Bridgewater on the Denver side and then the Giants side, there's just a lot of question marks still with health. But I'm just going to talk about the Denver side because the Giants side, just thinking about it, is giving me a headache. But so I'm going to go with Jerry Judy, mainly because I think second-year wide receiver, he is set up for success. You know, Teddy Bridgewater was a reliable thrower. He got two wide receivers to 1,000 yards, being DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. And I think Jerry Judy could fit the same mold of either one of those guys, him and Cortland Sutland. I think they won't cut into any each other's uh targets neither will no offense i think there's room enough for everyone to, to succeed in this denver offense it's a nice offense on paper they even have tim patrick as the wide receiver three um yeah it's it's uh, should produce points they have javante williams uh, who i'm very excited to see i'm curious how they use him melvin gordon's no slouch on uh, the giant side we have saquon barkley i just received a notification here that uh, he's not going to be on a snap count this week he's going to be full go uh the news just came in a few minutes ago actually so start him with confidence if you're lucky enough to get him uh, at a nice adp then good for you um he was definitely someone i was considering i mean you have to kind of risk it uh, for the biscuit as they say to win in fantasy um Barkley is one of those guys that can really elevate your team. So uh, starting, uh, the matchup isn't amazing, 
but I mean, he should touch the ball 20 to 30 times. Uh, he catches passes. He did finish with 2,000 yards, I believe, in uh, one of his seasons a few years ago. Hopefully that's the Barkley we see going forward. That would be awesome. But I was one of the guys who was really down on him because of the fact that he, you know, all this time rehabbing and he still comes into the preseason with, you know, still injury concerns. And I'm just like, oh, no, I, I can't. I can't deal with this. I'd rather pick up someone else and make him someone else's problem, which, you know, hopefully for them, he pans out. But hopefully for me, he doesn't. So, anyways, we'll move on to the next matchup here, which is Green Bay versus New Orleans. This is just, you know, it's not the New Orleans of old. But anyways, I'm going to talk about Green Bay. And I have here is Devontae Adams. And how can you not put Devontae Adams... For me, actually, it was kind of a debate between Adams and Jones. But, you know, I think the New Orleans defense hasn't changed all that much throughout last year. And they didn't allow many many points per game to the running back. I think it was around 15, 16 points. So, you know, I think if I had to bet on either one of them, i bet on Adams. And Adams is just so exciting. There's... You know, I'm so jealous of the people who do have him because he's just such an exciting player and he gets and he's just like a vacuum for targets and especially in the red zone. He is you know, I would just love to see him get close to twenty touchdowns himself. That would be just so nice and so fitting for a guy who's as dominant as him. Uh yeah, it's funny because today I was watching a good morning football and Rogers said something along the lines of, well, you guys, you know, give me heck because I throw to Adams all the time, but I'm not trying to throw to Adams. I throw to the guy who's open all the time, and Adams is always open. So I'm not too worried about Lattimore this week either. I think Adams is going to have a huge game. Uh, I think it's going to be high scoring, and I'm very excited for this game, probably the game I'm looking forward to the most besides my Steelers. Next, we have uh, Alvin Kamara. Um, Green Bay's run defense wasn't very good last year. I don't know if it got significantly better. I don't think they didn't. They didn't draft specifically with defense in mind. They didn't uh, sign anyone that I'm aware of. That's that's game changer in the run game. Uh, I mean, New Orleans offense runs through Kamara. It always has, even more so now. Um, Callaway's injured. Uh, sorry, Traquan Smith's injured. Callaway's healthy. And um, who's there? Why do you see the one again? Thomas out, right? Thomas out for six weeks. So Kamara should touch the ball a ton. They're going to use him. And, uh, yeah, it might be a good sell-high opportunity by week three or four with Mara, actually, because I think he's going to start really, really hot in, in the absence of New Orleans' skill players. I think without Thomas, he didn't do worse than an RB10. I think it was RB9, and then the vast majority of the time it was either between RB1 and 4. So this is what the kind of production you could get without Thomas. And when Thomas comes back, I don't know. I could see them both uh, doing well. Uh, Winston being there, it'll be a little bit... Obviously, Kamara's production and usage, I feel like, is more secure because he's there. But it'll be interesting to see how this evolves throughout the season. You're big on uh, Michael Thomas this year? I know you drafted him. I drafted him in another one. I'm just curious about why you drafted him. I drafted him mainly because... Uh, the way I see it, well, the way I formulated my teams was basically that I wanted two wide receivers ahead so that he is going to be either a flex or a bench. And the way I see it is that if he comes back, you know, good, 
if he comes back as not the Michael Thomas is old, but you know, still a fairly good Michael Thomas, he could be like my flex player when he should be a WR one or a WR two. So I just I looked at that opportunity and I'm just like I could I have the wide receivers. I ha I could build a really fantastic depth and he was going later in drafts, so I scooped him up for that opportunity to have a WR one in my flex spot every week. Yeah, and on top of that, that, he could he could be an interesting trade piece, or I could even trade my wide receivers for more running back help if I need. I just, you know, that kind of depth is something you don't get every year. So I had to take advantage while I still could. Yeah, I mean, we know he's out for probably six weeks, at least three. And even, I drafted him in a PPR league. I think you got him in a standard league, if I'm not mistaken. I got him in both. Oh, both. Okay, so yeah. So I think uh, the logic is there. I mean, his ADP was so discounted that it was almost foolish not to take him at that point. Right. I mean, I probably overdrafted him a couple of times. But like I said, I had the wide receivers ahead of him. So I thought to myself, okay, whatever. It's not the end of the world. Just I'll, I'll overdraft him. But he could definitely outperform his ADP. Uh, and he does. It's projected that he would miss. Well, he's on the POP, so he has to miss up to six weeks. But week five is a bye. So he'll be coming back the he'll be coming back the week after his bye. That's how Yeah, so he only misses five games, I think exactly. is what you're trying to say, correct? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right, next up here we have Chicago versus the Rams. This is a Sunday nighter. This could be this is a pretty good Sunday nighter, you know. We get to see Andy Dalton being chased down all over <laughs> the field. That should be so much fun. But Actually, the bear player that I'm most excited for, especially for this whole coming year, is David Montgomery. And I'm really interested to see how he follows up his RB4 performance from last year into this year. And, you know, Tariq Cohen is like, is he the guy really to take the touches away? I don't know. I feel like he's pretty much D-O-N-E. And Montgomery is slated to continue with the volume he had last year. And with volume like that, he is bound to produce. Awesome. Here we have Robert Woods for the Rams. I'm curious to see what David Stafford. Uh, Stafford, I'm pretty sure, is going to make these receivers way better than Goff uh, was able to to uh, impart on them. I think that uh, Robert Woods has been consistent. He has a little bit of rushing upside for a receiver, which you don't see too often. Uh, he's usually good for two to four rushing touchdowns a year. Um, first where they line him up, he's pretty good in the slot too. I know they have Cup also. I, I like the versatility of this Rams receiving group. And I think Stafford's going to bring out the best in them. Uh, Bears D again, it's it's formidable. It's tough, uh, you know, but uh, you know someone's going to get points, and Woods is as good as as anyone to to be the guy uh, this week. I don't care about time. Nope. On to Perfect. the last matchup of the week, the Monday Nighter, Baltimore Ravens versus the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going to talk about the Baltimore side, a.k.a. the running back graveyard, because it's literally <laughs> a running back graveyard. They're, they're trying to resurrect old fantasy stars <laughs> into to current fantasy zombies. That's how I see them, of Devontae Freedom and Lovely Omdell. But... That's why I think this player, Lamar Jackson, of course, is the guy to carry. It's his, it's his turn to 
you know, maybe even do this with his arm. He's relied a lot on his legs. He's relied a lot on his running backs. But I think he, with this kind of outcome, this is his chance to prove that he could do it with his arm, that he could be more accurate with the arm. And I wouldn't be surprised if he sort of has like a, a coming out party with like uh, Josh Allen did last year with Stephon Diggs, passing it as far as efficiently as they did. And now, like, this is the first time coming into this season that uh, the majority of his pass catchers are healthy. How Hollywood Brown, um, what's his name, uh, Mark Andrews, like, these guys are coming in with a clean slate of health. And this might be Lamar, ja Lamar Jackson's opportunity to pass more than the 18 times a game he did last year. All right. On my end, I have Darren Waller. I think Waller has a legitimate chance to challenge Kelsey for a tight end one this year. I don't know if he's going to get there. I think he's going to get target hog in, um, in, uh, for the Raiders uh, just because uh, I haven't seen enough from Ruggs to make me think that he's a wide receiver one. Uh, they've got Edwards, okay, uh, but nothing special. They've got Renfro, who's okay, but nothing special. And Waller's just a beast. Like Towards the end of last year, he was just averaging over 100 yards consistently. He put up 180 one of the three playoff weeks. Uh, he's huge. He's fast. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a set and forget it tight end if you were lucky enough to draft him. I'm very curious this year if, if his targets actually go up from last year. And they were very high last year. So we'll see how Gruden uses him. Uh, I guess that's about it on, on the, Waller, uh, the Waller front over here. All right, perfect. So that's all the matchups. We're just going to do a short segment of the fav of our favorite starts of the week. And I think, Evan, we are going to keep track of our favorite starts of the week. And we'll Let's see. Do we'll do like a running count of how many of them land in the, the top 12, maybe. But, you know, obviously. I wish you had told me that before <laughs> I took Darnold. <laughs> well, I mean, this is your chance to change it. But the thing is, ah, I, right. wanted, I, wanted to, I wanted to go a little bit more. I wanted to have like the obviously the more ob the obvious picks, but uh, somewhere someone that's also a little bit more bold, and this that's why my first bold pick is going to be, uh, you know what I have your Matt Ryan, but I don't think that's bold enough. I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence. I think he is actually going to sneak into the top twelve this week and surprise a lot of people because of the fact that you know it's Houston defense. They're poo poo bad. Uh, also, I included Raheem Mostert. Uh, he, I think he's going to return on, and he's going to outperform his ADP for this week for sure, uh, as an RB in the top 12. And my last favorite start of the week is going to be New Hopkins because I just think there's no way this guy doesn't get at least 20 targets this weekend. All right. Well, I have Devontae Adams. Uh, we talked about before. He's going to be target hog. Rodgers loves him. He's always open. I mean, it's the NFL. You want to win, so you're going to throw the guy who's open. Uh, next, I have Kyler Murray. Um, I looked at his stats before drafting him. This is the first time I have him, and I got to say, I was super happy with the numbers I saw. So consistent, 25 points, 38 one week. Uh, the Tennessee game is going to be super high scoring. I think he has a chance to finish as his QB1 this week. And the third guy I have here is Sam Darnold. Bit of a sentimental pick. He's away from Adam Gase, so automatically gets an uptick. Um, he's got much better weapons this year. Uh, the Jets are not very good. And it's a revenge match, so I have, think he has a chance to absolutely demolish the Jets. And nothing would make me happier than to see Darnold stick it to his old team. That would be fantastic. I really want that to it happen would be. for him. Me too. 
because I believe in the talent. So, I, I he's a good I just, player. He's a good I, player. I, I I agree. I just think he was definitely not used correctly at all. With rushed in, yeah. rushed in too a little bit. It's true. He is like I think a year older or a year younger than Burrow, which to me is absolutely crazy. Yeah, even though Burrow was just drafted and he's been around the the block quite a bit, Darnold already. Definitely. All right, our last segment here is going to be also a little competition between the two of us, and I th and it's our DFS lineups. And I'm just going to go through mine quickly. You're going to hear a lot of these names again, but I just think they're all amazing, fantastic starts. Matt Ryan. I paired him up with Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts, so I'm hoping there is going to be a lot of points on the Atlanta side. And then I have at running back Kamara Mostert, and my rest of my wide receivers are Robbie Anderson, New Hopkins, and on my flex is actually Lavishka some Chenault, you know, playing on that, you know, th Lawrence got to throw to somebody, and it's going to be Chenault. And finally, in the deep, the deep, I put uh, Jags D mainly because Houston's offense is also poo poo bad. Cool. Mine had Jalen Hurts, uh, the rushing upside, and he was pretty cheap. Uh, my strategy this week was to really go after the receivers. They were all pretty affordable, the star receivers. I have Ridley Adams and Tyreek Hill all in the same DFS lineup. If they all go off uh, with any luck, maybe I'll get a millionaire. Uh, we have Dan Arnold. Again, it's the Jets and the, uh, the Arnold effect. So Darnold to Arnold is pretty crazy to say, and I needed a tight end that was cheap. Arnold fit the bill. I do think he's going to get four or five targets and hopefully can turn one of them into a touchdown. My running backs, I also have Mostert. Uh, we went over this already. Um, I have Chris Carson. He's the RB1 there. Uh, Seattle likes using their running backs. Catches passes. I'm pretty confident he's not going to put up a dud. And uh, Najee Harris, my flex, again, he's going to touch the ball a ton. It's going to be high scoring. And uh, hopefully Ben and Matt Canada can get him involved in creative ways. Defense, I only had 3,000 left. The Texans were 3,000. I took the Texans. They're, they're facing a rookie quarterback. It's a bit of a risk on my end, but uh, Lawrence is probably going to make a mistake or two along the way, and hopefully the Texans can capitalize. Yeah, definitely could happen. But even if, you know, I don't know how badly the Texans can get beaten by a rookie quarterback, but even if that does happen, you still have three fantastic wide receivers to lean on. So, you know, yep. in these DFS lineups, you got to give a little and take a little and you got to It depends. It depends balance. if you want like a balanced line because your lineup's quite balanced. Mine is really just stack the receivers and worry about the rest too. Yeah. Well, I also prioritized uh, the stack that I think would be the most valuable. This uh, Ryan this, and Ridley. Yeah, Ryan and Ridley, basically. Yeah. I and think Pitts. it's going to be fantasy gold there. Yeah, Pitts, I'm so excited to see him catch that ball, maybe outrun a couple of defenders and be like, wait, this guy's a tight end? He's a wide receiver. He's so fast. Yeah, he's he's so fast. Insane. Anyways, that is it for today, unless you need to add anything, Evan? No, that's it. It's week one. Tomorrow's first Sunday of football in a really long time. Enjoy, everyone. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Yes, enjoy everyone, have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you all next week. Bye-bye, everyone. Good luck, everyone.